Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It was the first day of second grade at Quinnisex School, 1985, Mrs. Pollard's class. And a little Matt walked into class on the first day and sat down in a desk and looked at the board. And the teacher had written, Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And my little seven-year-old mind was, Whoa. Of course, any day can be said the same, depending on how you're viewing time. Time is a very tricky concept for us, especially in Scripture, because we are people limited by time. God is above and beyond time. He is not bound by beginnings and ends. He has no beginning and end. He is eternal. We, being finite, linear people with birth, life, death, it's hard for us to wrap our brains around time as it is. We can talk about our salvation in a couple different ways in regards to time. We can talk about the salvation that God has brought about for us in the past. We were saved when our Lord Christ Jesus died upon the cross and rose from the dead. We came to faith, for most of us, in the waters of baptism. Our faith, our salvation was something granted in the past. We also talk about salvation in terms of the future. That we will one day, when that linear life of ours has ended after death, we will go to be in paradise with Jesus and await the resurrection of the dead, a new heaven and a new earth. Salvation also lies in the future. But salvation, like God himself, has an eternal element to it. He is always the God who saves and always has been. And as St. Paul would lead us to see in our epistle this morning, our salvation does not just lie in the past. It does not just lie in the future. Our salvation is now. Today. Behold. Now is the favorable time, Paul writes. Behold Now is the day of salvation. We can accurately say that God has already saved us in the past. We can say that God will save us in the future. But let us not forget that we can also say that God is saving us here and now. Behold, now is the favorable time, the time of God's grace and favor. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 
Dear Christians gathered here this morning, on this day, God is favorable toward you. Filled with grace, filled with love, and filled with compassion. On this day, dear Christian, God is saving you. It is his action toward you in this very moment, on this very day. Let us never think of God's saving work as something that just lies off in the past or something that awaits in the future. But let us consider it is precisely how he acts toward you and me day in and day out, even on this very day. And Paul would have you recognize your salvation in such a way so that you live your life with the recognition that the putting off of sin, repentance, is not something you can say, I did that in the past, or I can do it at some point in the future. No, the time to turn from sin is now. So don't think that you can put off whatever it is that you need to turn from. Whether it's too much drinking, or spending too much money, or pornography, or whatever sin is your vice, now is the day of salvation. Now is the day that God comes to save you and call you from sin to trust in Him and His love for you. I know Satan is after each of you. And in a myriad of different ways, the temptations that Satan levels against us are all unique depending upon the person. Consider what our Lord Jesus did by going into the wilderness, the new Adam, doing what Adam and Eve could not do. He went and endured the assaults of the devil and withstood them. Holy, perfect, sinless. He did what Adam and Eve and all of us descended from them are incapable of by ourselves, resisting the devil. And in fulfillment of those words in our Old Testament reading that the one born as the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent, Jesus has put his heel on Satan's head and crushed it for you. So consider, as you endure those assaults of the devil, as he tries to pull you into sin and wickedness and unrighteousness, consider that devil that seems so tough to overcome Consider that Jesus has already defeated him for you. He is, as it were, a wounded animal. He is done. He is finished. His place is in the lake of fire in the future when all things on this earth come to an end. You are not defenseless against the devil. Has our Lord Jesus not said from his very cross... It is finished. Meaning Satan, salvation, redemption, and hope, and promise, and the future all secured, brought to completion in the one who died in time, in history, on a cross. To bring about God's eternal, timeless plan to save you. 
Do not give in to Satan's trick of somehow thinking that you are helpless. In a sense, you are. You are no match for Satan. But praise be to God on this day, this day, God is saving you. On this day, Jesus Christ is your Lord. He is the one who reigns and rules over all things, even Satan, who he has crushed under his heel. You are not powerless against the attacks of Satan because Jesus is powerful for you. He is saving you. In our epistle, St. Paul, as he likes to do, gives a number of lists. Talking about, first, all the ways in which he and those who carried out the ministry of the gospel were being attacked and being, they were suffering. He says, by great endurance they endured afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger. He talks about the gifts that God had given him and those in the ministry to endure those attacks by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. Now, one of the things that I love that Paul does here is he unravels one of Satan's most notorious attacks. One of the things that Satan loves to do is to get you to question your identity, to question who you are. We notice how that is certainly his game that he plays in the world today. Identity, politics, gender, identity, questions about who am I? And so Paul, at the tail end of our epistle, lists a bunch of things that the world could have said about him and those in the ministry that they could have called them imposters, or that Satan could have gotten them to think about themselves. He says, we are treated as imposters and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold, we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. In the garden, Satan tried to convince Eve that it was best for them to try to be like God. Along the way, forgetting they were already made in the image of God. He does the same thing with Jesus. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from the temple. If you are the Son of God, bow down and worship me and I will give you all these lands. Who are you? What is your identity? The world may tell you one thing. 
That like Paul and like those who shared in the ministry with him, that they were imposters, frauds, fakes, that they were dying and suffering and sorrowful and poor and having nothing. And yet Paul says, no, in Christ, in Jesus, in the one who is now saving us, we are something different. We are treated as imposters, yet we are true. We are genuine. We are real. We are treated as dying, but behold, we live. We are punished, and yet we're not killed. We're treated as sorrowful, but we are always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, yet possessing everything. Your Lord God tells you who you are. And on this day, you are the one that he is saving. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Behold, now. Jesus is powerful over every assault of the devil for you. Today, on this day for the rest of your life, and on every day, it is the day of salvation in which Jesus reigns as Lord over you and thanks be to God for you. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.